So I, I, I gotta start with the yo. It's like a thing now, right? Yeah. Yo. Even though yo. this is a bit of bonus, we gotta keep it. We bit gotta of keep bo. it consistent. <clears throat> you know, I love the like discussion that we've had about bit at bow. Uh, you know, people uh, positing about what rabies was really saying, and then we actually had a. I got a message or a, from a fan who was like, do you guys have to say bit at bow all the time? And I'm like, yeah, we do bit at bow to you. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, a th and it's just it, part of our, our lexicon, you know? And like I was saying, uh, I guess it's the episode's not out yet. So I'll give a little bit of a spoiler, but <clears throat> Axe to grind, they always do shout out, like shout out to so-and-so shout out to so-and-so and, -so, and we just really needed to do something a little bit different, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it goes so, with the rev. That, that's where we're coming from. So yeah. this is our first bit of bonus episode. Bit of bonus. So if you're listening to this, you're one of our lucky uh, – it's, it's a patron, right? You, yes. you sign up for Patreon, and then you become a patron. You you're lose a the patron. Eight. Yeah, and – so on Patreon, when I was creating the Patreon for where it went, you, you customize the tiers and then you create the names for them or whatever. So I chose the word fan. I guess I could have put the word friend or crew or something like that, but mm -hmm. friend or fan. Bit at bow super fan, I think is the, the highest tier. So do we want to quick talk about the tiers just for this first episode? Or I guess it doesn't know. Because why? No, Cause if you're here, if you're, you're know. here, you're already Friend a, or foe. Yeah. yeah. So if you're, if you are a three or $5 patron, you do not get to listen to this. I've already. No, $5 does. $3. Oh yeah. $5, $3. You just yeah. are, you, you just want to help out, you know, $5. Yeah. $5, $10, $20 a month you get the bonus episode. That's right. The $10 one gets the early access. Right. Plus a little gift from us. At yeah. And then, you know, that we, we had the having my say episode with Drew where we were just talking shop and I'd like to keep doing those and just release some mass surprises. You know, we don't have to do it for every episode, but if we just have some extra content on the cutting room floor, then I'll throw it in. It's, yeah. I think, I think that was cool. Like, we're big Drew fans here. A Drew Beat is like we if we were super fans, we'd be we'd be super fans of Drew Beat. Drew yeah, Beat stand. We, we would if if Drew Beat had a podcast with Patreon, we would all be twenty dollar bit of both super fans. Agreed. Twenty dollars sure. a month easy. The Drew and and I think we're gonna will into the universe the Drew Thomas walking tour. Jeez. Once the world opens back up this spring, summer, you know, 2021, we want Drew to go on a walking tour. Uh, we will help facilitate. Yeah. Um, I just want to like eat a slice of screamers with Drew, you know? Sign me up. Same. I'm in. <laughs> um, so, so today's, uh, well, this bit of bonus episode is uh, an interview with the band Insight from Salt Lake City. Um, so we'll dive right into that. But first, I think that it's time for us to welcome again to our first Patreon exclusive episode. 
Uh, we want to give a bit of bow to our sponsor for this episode, Mission 2 Entertainment. Um, Mission 2 Entertainment, for those who don't know, is, you know, essentially Victory Records, but under a new banner with a, a new roster. Mm -hmm. um, so they started, you know, Victory was uh, sold. Tony Brummel kept his whole staff, started this new label, Mission 2. They have three releases out so far. Um, I'm a fan of all of them. Uh, our guest on today's episode is one of them. So they have a new Cro-Mags album called uh, In the Beginning. They have an insight. I guess we call it a discography, right? It's everything. Is it missing anything? It's, oh, but, it's also, but it's also got more. Oh, missing a microphone. Holy sorry, shit. Sorry. <laughs> But it's it's the discography, but then there's even more. Yeah. So like, is it an anthology? You yeah. Know? Like what? What? So it has so insight. Um, it has new stuff. Yeah. All the old stuff and a live, live set. stuff. And then, I think, so I think that's more than a discography. Personally, I would consider I that so like a career retrospective. There we go. And then um, also an album by Don't Sleep, featuring. Uh, former DYS, actually current DYS, they still play. Uh, DYS, all Dag Nasty frontman, da Down by Law, Dave Smalley. Um, they're like just a melodic hardcore band, and we'll we'll talk about on the main episodes. You know, we'll kind of talk a little bit more about each release, but you know, bit up bow to Mission Two. Yeah, I uh, want to actually give a bit up bow to my good friend Clint Billington, who Clint, yes, works at Mission Two, worked at Victory. I mean, I, I couldn't even tell you how long he's worked at Victory, but Clint, I've hung with him on in many cities. Um, I've eaten meals with him. I've traded records with him. I've purchased records from him. He's purchased things from me. He's a solid dude who loves hardcore, and he's texted me either two or three times asking me what's the deal with sick people. I don't, I mean, I don't know what the deal is with sick people, to be honest. <laughs> well, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. I think <laughs> we're going to have, uh, we're going to have a chance definitely to kind of go over that stuff, but yeah, a definite bit of bow to Clint. And I know he's a fan of the pod. Yeah. Um, and if you go to, um, eventually we'll have on our website, a link that you can go to mission Two. they have really awesome merch. Yeah, they really um, do. Like we are, we partake in the merch frenzy, hashtag Absolutely. merch frenzy. And the Insight merch alone that Mission 2 has put out, it's unreal looking. The colors of the vinyl, the different shirt designs. The I mean, I don't want to give too many spoilers because I actually want people to go to the website and look at it. But yeah. I am really impressed just by the insight merch on Mission I am too. Two. And 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 all their long sleeves, hoodies are on champion brand. Yeah. Um the long sleeves are like the most comfortable long sleeves I've ever worn. Um we'll we'll definitely share some pictures on the gram yeah. so people can see. But Crucial. Uh, Crucial. yeah, awesome yeah. and and they do they screen everything there, which yeah. is that's DIY, man. They're doing it, you know. Their own, they're screening their own stuff. So, Bit of Bow Mission 2. And 
I think that's all I got. So let's do the insight. Let's dive in. Cool. All right, everybody, we are here. Uh, Greg and I are here with Mark and Jeremy from the band Insights. Um, and I, I talked to Greg about this off and I wanted to start from before the beginning. Um, it's not published yet, but I interviewed Greg Anderson recently and he told me about the first time that Brotherhood went to Salt Lake City and played with a pre-Insight band. So I was wondering if you could Tell us just a little bit about that before we get into insight. Mm-hmm. Well, God, what, what was, how long, who was it? Not, we had everybody in the band then, right, Jeremy? Was he, was he talking about a brotherhood accused? Were, the, were they playing with the accused? Yeah. I think so, yeah. It was insight. We were, it was insight. But he, yeah. he I, 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 I can't remember the name now and it's, it's killing me and it's a super unprofessional of me, but there was a band like before Insight though, right? It was like same kind of some of the same members and maybe Cash was in it or was it just a pre Iceburn and I have to now uh, edit this whole thing out. <laughs> Insight, Insight is pre Iceburn, but okay. there were a bunch of bands that we all came from. Mark and I played in a band called Past Tense that was like, it was like, we were like toying with hardcore, but we were like punk rock and we were way, you know, I, I was always into like discord stuff too. So we were trying to do like a melodic thing. And then all the like cash and all those guys came from, there was like Standpoint. There were all these like young bands that were, that started to pop up around that time. And Gentry was in a band called Better Way. Gentry from Iceburn. That's it. Better Way, yeah. So, okay. Better Way may have played on the, that Brotherhood Accused show as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe, I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. So yeah, one of the things I talked to Greg about is that yeah, because you said it was a shelter song. That's how yeah, we better way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the circle then started kind of with those bands and then it got bigger and bigger and bigger and it turned into Insight and then it turned into all of the peripheral bands. And, you know, it's incredible where everything went, but we'll get to that part. So, uh, Greg, what do you want to talk about with Insight? So I, I guess, you know, I know you guys had – so. I only knew that there was the seven inch on victory. What will it take until maybe more recently, um, you know, finding out that it was actually originally on a label. And again, this, it was soul force, right? Right. So what was that? What was that label? Did they, how did you get in touch with them at first? You so you form the band, you have the songs, you go into record. We had started Salt Lake is so small that we we got on big shows like immediately we played with like the crumb suckers and snfu and every like every like hardcore and punk rock band was coming through you know we would we got chances to play with all these great bands somehow mark probably hooked up with there was a band in arizona called last option and they released a seven inch on maybe step forward which was yeah. when they uh, did the unit pride seven inch right? yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah and last option was like a pretty cool Hardcore band too. Their singer, is this right, Mark? He did yes. Soul Force. He did what? He did Soul Force Records. Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Jeff did Soul Force. He was the singer of Last Option. Last Option was definitely hardcore, very political. So it was pretty up my alley at the time, especially. And uh, 
I, we probably just started riding back and forth, if I recall, because they never played Salt Lake. No. I, I, think, I think last option was probably over even by the time uh, Insight record, you know, had something out on that label. So, yeah, I think so, too. I, I see just, it's the fifth release, it looks like. It says it's Soul Force number five. Yeah. I couldn't yeah, even I tell you what the other Soul Force records were. Was Reason to Believe on Soul Force? Huh. Yeah, I can't remember that either. Yeah, maybe. But it was so, like, out here in the West, uh, especially, like, Salt Lake and Phoenix and, you know, Boise and Denver, all the cities are, like, it's very weird. Like all, it was like a every city was its own thing because it's eight hours away from all the other cities around here, and so we thought it was super cool that there were like hardcore bands that were like-minded in Arizona, and so and then when Jeff contacted us, we were like, oh my god, we have the opportunity to do a seven-inch. You know, we were all like record collector nerds, so we were like, of course, we were like, oh my god, we're gonna put out a record, and hopefully it's gonna be colored vinyl and you know, we were all into like the putting stickers in there and multiple lyric sheets and the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because I'm looking and it looks like uh, they did do the reason to believe the next door, seven inch. Yeah, and, uh, some other stuff. Yeah, we went to we went to uh, Phoenix to put together those records. Remember that, Jeremy? We mm -hmm. sat in his living room and folded all the lyric sheets and folded the covers and. It was wild. Yeah, it was cool. I'm putting on some heads here so you can hear better. Yeah, and, and, and at that point it was totally, you know, I, I probably don't need to say this, but it was probably, it was like way pre-internet, pre-cell phone, pre-computer. So we were like, we were talking to each other via like, you know, mom's long distance phone bill and like stolen long distance cards. <laughs> 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 I, even I remember those days a little, a little bit too. Like, yeah, people don't, you know, or they had like book your own fucking life, the maximum rock and roll thing, and oh yeah, you could find people there. Mm -hmm. So you guys, um, you know, you get to tour with Chain of Strength out east, but was that before the seven inch was out? Because I know the live set on the new collection, you mentioned Mark says something like, you know, hey, we're gonna have a seven inch on Soul Force. So was, that was before the record, I presume, or did it come out like on that tour? I don't even, what do you, do you remember, no. Mark? It may have come out like, um, I we were kind of stressing out because I think it came out like after we got home. Yeah, yeah. it did. It came, we didn't have them, uh, I don't think, yeah, because I don't think we had any at all, for sure. We just had shirts. And I think we were just excited that we were uh, going to get them. I don't, yeah, I don't, because I, I can't even remember if that was like, we just did a little tour, played Phoenix or something to get the records, or I can't even remember why we didn't have the records then. Uh, it was just, I, I feel like there was always, uh, there was always some kind of like log jam, you know, like everybody, there was always a hold up, like, oh, the vinyl pressing plants have an issue, or, you know, there's like the, I don't know, bands are breaking up, the label's freaking out, like. But, yeah. but, you know, it was like, it never, it was very unprofessional, extremely DIY. And, and it was like, 
you know, later on I went and did bands where it was like, you put a record out, they have like a marketing plan and then you like go on tour and one, you get out there and you sell your records or people already know your songs. This was not like that. We were like, we're, mm. we're putting a record out. We had an opportunity to play shows with Chain of Strength, which we jumped at because we were like, you know, we were freaks about that band too. And uh, it just felt like, it felt like, an opportunity that that shouldn't have been afforded to us and we were like we were so stoked but um well yeah because ryan ryan hoffman and i talked a lot on the phone about that tour and both him and i basically called clubs i mean mostly i was calling the clubs for our way out there because alex and chris met with us in salt lake and drove out with us because Chain couldn't meet up until uh, the East Coast. Cleveland. So, right, Cleveland. And um, so we had to get out there. And, but in this time, uh, Ryan and I are making calls, phone calls. I rung up like $500 phone bill on my parents' phone bill. It's nice. They <laughs> love that. But, um, Which was yeah, like as so much as we made on the whole tour, right? If that, yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so that's how, because I, I guess, did they ask us to play or did we just hound them to, like, I, I think it was all you, dude. I was, like, I was still in high school when you were doing that. Like, Yeah, it's true. That's what I was going to say. You guys were, like, and I'm looking, like, pretty young and going out, uh, you know, going out to the East Coast. Um, you know, you, Jeremy, you said you were in high school. What, what did your parents think? It's weird. I was just thinking about this. I was like, because I, I have mm -hmm. kids, and I'm like, oh, there's no fucking way I would let them be like that. I was just thinking the same thing. Dudes. <laughs> like, my guys, no air conditioning, and we're going to go, like, we're going to go across the country and, like, play these shitty holes in the wall in all these weird cities, you know? I was like, oh, I was so stoked. And my parents were, thank God they were really understanding. I think they saw how, like, into it I was, because we we practiced all the time and we played shows yeah. like all the time. And so we were extremely dedicated and yeah. uh, I just don't think, I think all of us had like really nice, really nice parents. <laughs> I know for yeah. me too, like, you know, the band that I talked about that did the full tours, we were a straight edge band too. So I feel like parents are like, well, at least we know they're not going to be like drinking at the clubs and driving away and all that. So I was a little older when we went. I was like 22 or something, but still yeah. like, was living at home and felt kind of, you know, I can't imagine now my kid being like 18 and being like, hey, I'm going to hop in the van. <laughs> I had just turned 18. I think our, our drummer, he, yeah. he was a junior. We had to get him back for like the next year. We had to get him back for like, he missed part of school or something for like yeah. a year of high school. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, that was the oldest. Uh, Jamie was a year below me, and then yeah, so we're all just freshly out of high school or in high school, and just on the road. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's awesome, though. See, I I love you know something about being that young and just doing that, and it's really like liberating. And sometimes I, you know, I'd get bummed that maybe I didn't do certain things in life, but then I think about like doing that in a van that not many people like, you know, I work in an office. Nobody at my office knows what it's like to go into a van with your best friends and 
sleep in a loft on the top and you know mm-hmm. all, all this stuff and so i feel yeah. like no seat belts dude no seat belts Ooh. no seat belts it's so seat belts in the front only but no seat belts in the bench seat oh yeah the loft. none in the and loft then, and uh I mean, we broke down a lot. We, I mean, I just wish we had videotaped all this because, I mean, we have tons of photos, which is pretty remarkable. But just the fact, I just wish we videoed it because it was, I just the time we had in the van was enough to, it's a story, it's a movie right there because it was yeah. <laughs> pretty rad. <laughs> what was it like with Chain of Strength? Because Chain of Strength, I guess at that point they just had the you know they had their seven inch true till death yeah um yeah. that had come out in revelation they were getting a buzz um like do you have any cool stories from that tour like <laughs> absolutely yeah we we played with so many rad bands that summer like it seems unbelievable now but we played with like we played with judge we played with one show like project x played some songs we played with gorilla biscuits we played with bold we played with um i think we met turning point that summer we were way into turning point yeah um i love that that seven inch too uh um god we played we played with a bunch of rad bands um but we played a bunch of shows with uh bold and judge yeah and we had so we had alex and chris with us going out which was funny because we didn't know those guys they didn't know us so here here are these if you i mean i don't know if you guys have you javier you probably know them, but i mean just no actually i've never met just, those guys i i've just seen their bands play so oh. um okay but i but I've, I've been in similar situations and I, so how did you even link up with those guys? Did they come to Salt Lake City or did you come down here and pick them up? Did they fly up? Like, how did everyone... And wasn't Alex, like, 14? Like, he was younger. Like, I feel like <laughs> he was, everyone... Yeah, he was, like, Sammy. 16. Yeah, I feel like he was younger than Sammy or something. Because everyone yeah, always yeah. talk about how Sammy was so young. But he was, like, my son's age. He was, like, 14, 15. I think all the... I think our drummer and Alex and Sammy, I think all those guys are the same age. Um, yeah. And it was, if you knew like our band Insight, we spent, we spent a lot of time together. And so everything was like a ridiculous inside joke, like everything. And we were like the band that would like crash at your house and not sleep. We would like stay up all night because we were fucking laughing at whatever. And, and I feel like Chris and Alex maybe weren't <laughs> like that. No. Um, and I, I, I think, I think they probably got in the van and they were like, "Oh man, what are we, what are we in for here?" So we were yeah. like, we were hyperactive. Yeah. How, well, how Al- long was the tour? It's like three uh, weeks. Three weeks, and it was supposed to be longer. But I mean, Alex, I, I love Alex. I love you, Alex, because I see him a lot. But I, I do love him. But he was just as pretty as he is now with his whole getup. I mean, he was fully morrissey his hair was always had to be perfect um chris was i love you too chris but like he was super quiet and uh i don't know he's kind of standoffish i mean alex was more i think more fun in a weird way just because i think he's sort of he probably got us more than i think chris did but it was interesting i mean think about it you don't know these guys we're a bunch of fucking knuckleheads just having a good time and 
you know, like Jeremy said, we're just, we're super close and brothers. So everything was just a good time. You know, we were, we weren't serious at all in the sense of like, we were just having a great time, you know? And then on that tour, did you encounter victory records? Not on that tour. So how did did you end up with victory then? I, okay. I'm going to say this. I don't know if it's like you, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. We were also really good buddies with instead because they played in Mm -hmm. Utah a bunch and they would stay at my mom's house and they're like the, they're like the fucking coolest dudes. Um, Uh, shout out to the instead dudes and uh um and they took our record with them on tour they were the ones that gave me like the i remember they gave me like a raw deal demo and they Mm -hmm. gave me the uh they gave me the turning point demo and um, both of those yeah they took our they took our record and i think they gave it to tony when they were in chicago and then I think Tony contacted us. Is that right, Mark? Does that sound right That's, to you? That sounds right, yeah. Because I know it wasn't just by chance. I mean, they, there was a connection there, so, yeah. And so but that the, was the, yeah, that wasn't that year, though, that we were with Chain. I mean, yeah. that was, that was like, so the, well, the seven, I mean. The seven inch comes out in 1990 then on Victory, right? And it also appears with a new name. So, it's interesting. They look totally different. They have different names. So one might think that it's like a different record, but it's actually the same record. And I read, I think on the, either the Double Cross blog or on No Echo, I think Double Cross, that they even use the same stampers from, you know, the original press. So like, how did that just, it go from one place then and, and why not make a new record? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. <laughs> well, I, I remember talking to Tony about that and I think it was, uh, it just, what he just wanted to put it out. He just Mm -hmm. was like stoked on the band. I think he just was like, let's just put it out now and we'll, and we'll deal with new stuff after. So it just seemed easier at that time because we were, I think, I think the soul force one really hadn't been out that long. Right, Jeremy? I mean, considering. But I think, but I think so, at some point Jeff probably said, "I'm done. I'm not pressing anymore." Yeah. And he he had like mm-hmm. limited, really limited distribution, and I think Tony was like, Tony was probably thinking bigger, and we were, you know, yeah. we were drawn to that too. But you know, it all yeah. it's like a whirlwind now because I know like the seven inch came out. We did a tour the following summer, and then we were done. Insight was basically over by the fall. And we had started, mm-hmm. Mark moved away and uh, we started Iceburn like not long after that. Mm-hmm. Really though, if you think about it, you know, in hindsight, it's one of those decisions to, to do it on victory, which was actually ended up being a pretty smart decision because the record stayed in print for a long time. And even when the seven inch was out of print, you know, mm-hmm. they made sure it was available on those like comps, like the victory singles comps. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, as a band, like that's what you want. You want your music out there. So had you just had the record on Soul Force, you know, that might have gone out of print and been one of those things where it's hard for people to find. It'd be like yeah, I don't, I, seven inch, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think we would have been the. I guess the band 
we are you know what i mean because of that but yeah um, and you guys also appeared on the victory records only the strong seven inch comp which was actually my first introduction to the band like my first time hearing the band obviously i'd seen the record around but getting that comp and then on the conversion records uh voice mm -hmm. of thousands so what that's then what uh eight songs was that all recorded at once or was that two different sessions three different sessions i know it's a long fucking time ago and sometimes people so that's two sessions yeah. so the seven inch recording and then the comp songs recording in yeah. one session right i think get it no it's on the conversion comp was recorded when the seven inch was recorded and yeah. then tracked silent shore later at a different studio at tony corologos studio yeah because it sounds it sounds different and, and you know recording wise and also um you know songwriting wise it sounds like a, a uh, next uh, yeah. step you know it, it's 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 a shame like i know you talked about in the liner notes that you guys didn't do a full length um because i mean that silent shore which bit a bow to my friend dave janice silent shore on instagram mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. the number one insight fan <laughs> yeah, he is. It's awesome. Um, uh, you know, it would have been neat to hear a whole album of stuff like that because it was really, I mean, I think lyrically and musically and, you know, sonically, the whole thing just kind of a step above the seven inch. Not necessarily like that it's like better, but it's just you could tell it's a band progressing. Yeah, yeah. We definitely. We had come. We had come off two tours and we were like, I think we were playing like, you know, faster and like, we were, we were in, we were on a different plane. We had a bunch of songs and I remember we were kind of like looking to shop. We really wanted to put a record out on Rev. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we, you know, we were freaks about Rev too, but, uh, um, but it sort of, it crumbled, it crumbled quickly. Oh, I, the, the four saw the four new songs on the on the insight record that was just released are old songs from that period that we've kind of like revamped and and you know kind of modernized the lyrics um but they are they came straight from that era we took them basically note for note and redid them so no, and i want to get to those in, in a second okay. too okay. Um, uh, that was one of the things uh that i was jazzed on that there was like new stuff um but with um inside the booklet for the new you know for reflection which is you know basically a disco your discography um there's a flyer for a show with like mouthpiece and billingsgate and the caption yeah. says it was like june or july of 90 and it says you guys never showed up because you broke up on the way there yeah. What, what, happened, what yeah. happened? I, I guess from reading the liners, I thought, oh, they broke up like when they were back in Salt Lake City. No. They broke up on the road. Well, well, we had a, we, well, we had, at that point, Doug wasn't with us on that, on that tour. And so we had Rob Hayworth from Farside, Hard Stance, uh, filling in. And then we got Chuck Treese to fill in on bass. So that was tough for us because, you know, we were like a pretty close, we were so close and losing Doug was weird. It was, and it happened like a week before we were leaving or like two weeks or something. Right, Jeremy? Something like oh, that. It was, yeah, it was quick. We were, we were panicked. 
Yeah. Why couldn't he so, go? Or did he just quit the band? He <laughs> he he started in on his adult life at that point. <laughs> he, um, he he found out that at the time his his girlfriend was pregnant. I think he was seventeen. Oh and wow! So yeah, was, I was reading that in the in the notes, and I he was, like, was losing his marbles, obviously. And we were like, you know, we didn't. I don't think he was like kicked out of the band or anything like that, but he obviously no. did not go on tour. And we had been, yeah. we were buddies with um, Mark Hayworth and Mark was like, oh, you should ask my brother to do the first part of this tour. And then he could only do half of it because Farside was starting to get active. And Mark and I were buddies with Chuck Treese somehow, who's like a fucking amazing individual. Legend, legendary. Yeah, he yeah. played on Billy Joel's River of Dreams. My band recorded it. Um, another band I had recorded now, I'm at Studio Four and Conchahawken, PA, which is where like you know the the roots, I guess, or the food, I forget. You know, uh, but the Niccolo brothers were the producers there, and there's a you know record, the Billy Joel River of Dreams. I think I think he did like hand claps or something on it. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I read like his. Yeah, I was. Reading That's some shinfo for you, Javier. <laughs> he's done a lot of rad stuff he played in the bad brains for a few minutes and like yeah it's crazy overkill yeah i think yeah. he played in g love and special sauce for a minute too probably they're from yeah. i think they're from philly so that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah i was wondering how, how you guys got hooked up with when i saw that i was like chuck treese like that's just not something i would expect he was with on was it when was that was when he was with underdog yeah you got it so yeah, yeah. I, the, the whole reason we knew any of these bands is because you know salt lake was this stopover between seattle or la and like denver wherever you were going next you know over that way and so we always had people here for a few days and I think we just like, they loved us. We like, you know, they stayed with our moms and they got vegetarian meals and like, uh, you know, my parents would like give everybody fresh produce out of the garden. And like, we had a trampoline and there were like swimming pools we could go poach and skate ramps. And like, so they, you know, they loved Salt Lake, I think. And Chuck was one of those people that, you know, at that point too, I had like tons of pen pals and I would exchange addresses and i was a really i was like a wicked pen pal to everybody mm -hmm. so i would just oh, write yeah. to everybody constantly mm -hmm. chuck was one of those people he would call he would call my mom's house like late at night and i would have to like answer the phone really quick because my parents would be asleep and and i'd you know <laughs> hello and he would say the craziest shit like <laughs> yeah he would be like i would answer the phone like hello you know it was like 10 30 at night and he'd be like how's the air in your department and i was like oh my god dude you're gonna wake my yeah. up. Yeah. Bit about a Chuck Treese from Philly here, from here in Philly. Um, yeah. So he's like Love he's Chuck. like a legend around here, especially yeah, like grad and and all that. So that's pretty. Cool. And he's like the sweetest human being. Yeah, I remember we were driving through uh, Philly, and he just like go, go, don't stop, don't stop, you can't stop, and we we would stop because we were freaks. We'd stop at a yellow or something. And he'd get, I told you not to stop. He was so funny. He was like, just go. And then we just couldn't get that concept because we were just, you know, kids from Salt Lake. We didn't, you know, like driving in a city, we were freaked out because in Salt Lake, you just don't have traffic like that. And, you know, he's like, you can't stop. You just got to go. Yeah, yellow <laughs> means speed up in Philly. 
yeah, yeah. We had yeah, a, yeah. I got a, I just, a funny thing popped into my head. We were like driving, we were in upstate New York. We were probably heading to like Syracuse or, or somewhere on, mm. on like a, a highway that was like, you know, woods on both sides of us. And we're just in the van rocking out and Chuck is in the front seat uh, or maybe he's driving. I can't remember. And um, a car pulls up next to us and it's like got a family in it and they're like looking at us and then they write something on this piece of paper and they put it on the window and it says, are you the guy that's in the Powell Peralta skate video? <laughs> and oh, Chuck, that's right. Chuck was like, and we were like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's I great about that that's awesome. yeah that's true so you <laughs> mentioned um vegetarian food and there's a i guess a hardcore like animal rights anthem on one of your records has that been attached to like part of your legacy um have people ever approached you and said like wow this these lyrics like really meant a lot to me or you know how has that carried with you over the years yeah, I, I, I always get somebody always saying like they started being a vegetarian because of that song or, you know, I mean, I, I know it ties in more probably with you to today with no more and stuff, but I just feel like that's probably our one of our legacies with is that song with that seven inch and I don't even know if no more was I think maybe in the cruelty was that out before that. I, don't I think remember. I think uh, we're not in this alone came out before this seven inch, I believe. Yeah, yeah, eighty eight, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, so probably the same. That. Yeah, that's yeah. when their numbers were doubled. That's right, in eighty eight. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. I mean, not a bad, not a bad legacy to have. You know, a song advocating animal rights, especially you know, I mean, in nineteen eighty nine or whenever it was recorded. Like, yeah, you had. Uh, you know, cats and dogs, and you had no more, but it was fairly new. I mean, it was this was pre, you know, if we want to talk victory, like pre Earth crisis, pre yeah, yeah. snap case, pre, you know, all that stuff. Well, I was a, you know, before Insight and Past Tense and stuff, I was in a band called Censored Reality, and we we're full uh, political punk band. So we had animal rights was all about us. So I guess it's just been with me since I was 16. So That's awesome. Yep. I was going to ask if it was like, you know, well, obviously it wouldn't have been from youth of today because you were doing that before you heard that song. Yeah. So that probably was yeah. neat for you to hear like, oh my God, I love youth of today. And they have this song about not eating meat. Um, I think, yeah. I, I think yeah, we came great. from like a different, like Utah was strange. We were all into like punk rock. And when I met Mark, Mark was like this dude that used to go to shows. Mark was the first vegetarian I knew like in real life. And I was like, that's a wild concept, dude. You don't eat any meat, right? And he's like, I don't eat any meat. I was like, well, cause I, I you know, I grew up Mormon in Utah and just like the Mormon diet is like, you know, you eat meat all the time. Right? Potatoes, most, literally. I mean, that's how most of us were, yeah, yeah, yeah. were, but, were raised. Like, so Mark came from this, I would see Mark at shows and Mark had long hair similar to now and was just kind of yeah. like, you were like fairly crusty Mark, like yeah. shirt holes in him and like pants yeah. holes in him and like punk rock. And I was like a young, I was like high energy, 
I probably looked, you know, similar to what I had a shaved head and was probably wearing like a Vandals t-shirt or something <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> but we came, I think our influences came out of like the punk rock scene. And we had like a strong record store here in Salt Lake called Ranch Records that was run by this guy, Brad Collins. And he was like, he got every fucking cool record in that store. And every, you would go in there and he would call Mark and I and be like, I got first press of, I used to have first press of the Warzone seven inch and then mm. all the rev stuff. I had all of it. I just yeah. sold like my, I just sold all my colored. Um, uh, I just sold all my colored like Sam Hain vinyl that I got from his store. But, but so we did not, I, I was going to say those influences, I don't think came from that youth crew scene. I think they came from a different place for us. I was all yeah. about like minor threat and hardcore from DC. And I think Mark was all about like, I mean, you were into like Sacrilege and all these bands from California that I had never heard of. And mm -hmm. yep, punk rock, punk rock, thrash. Well, what's it? Roger Roger Murray from Agnostic Front says never never trust a hardcore kid that doesn't listen to punk rock or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. So then, Insight breaks up, nineteen ninety. <laughs> Um, and then everyone but Mark forms Iceburn. Mm -hmm. And then Iceburn, we'll have a couple Iceburn records to talk about in, a, in a, about a year, right? <laughs> Javier, when is yeah. like, um So after Iceburn, then um, I'm a little hazy on the time. So Iceburn, Iceburn, I know it ended up being Iceburn Collective. I don't really know too much about like Iceburn, um, so I apologize. Um, but I was not—I was only in the band literally for nine months. Okay, and then it, so, but I guess there was all different members. And what did so? I guess we'll start with Jeremy. What what did you do after? So Iceburn, you're in Iceburn for nine months, and then what happens? I I Gentry's interests started to get. He was studying jazz up at the University of Utah and he's like a wicked guitar player. I think he was like blowing his professor's minds up there. Mm -hmm. And um, he, I think it started to like seep into his, he's a far out musician. Like he's, he's like ridiculously good. Um, mm -hmm. and he thinks on like another musical level and it, it was seeping into our band. And I think everybody who was in the band that played an instrument was eating it up. And I was just the singer in the band and it started to kind of make less and less sense to me i was like i'm just the singer on these songs that are like nine and a half minutes long and there were like big breaks where i wouldn't sing that were like four and five minutes you know and i was like i think i started to get a little disillusioned and and my musical tastes were shifting as well and so i started to do this band uh lumberjack soon after with kind of some younger guys from here and um and then soon after that, I hooked up with Into Another and I ended up moving to New York um, and I was like working for them. And when I got out to New York, I met uh, Pete Hines and I auditioned for, for Handsome. They had gone through something like four singers or something and they took me um, and I was in Handsome for a couple years. 
and that was a that was kind of a, a rough ride for me and then um I met, I so met, with handsome i didn't I'm, uh well i know two things because to keep it in that time frame i've read before that you originally tried out to sing for texas is the reason is that true norm i was buddies with norm like like sort of like I would go to Brownies to see shows like in New York and Norm was there and I met Norm through the, and I was like, Oh, he's a, he's a really nice, cool guy. And we had similar interests and he was like, I'm start. It was bad timing is what it was. He was starting a band, which was Texas is the reason. And he's like, you know, my buddy Scoots and Daly, we're starting this band together. We're looking for a singer, that kind of thing, you know? And I was like, I just, I just started singing for this band called handsome. And he was like, huh? Okay. And then, so that was like, you know, uh. they, I think they approached Garrett and then Handsome did their thing and, and Texas did their thing. So with uh, Handsome, you know, I don't know if you realize now, like now I know a lot of people that are super into that record. Um, that maybe, you know, I feel like it was one of those things where, you know, maybe it came out and it, I mean, I liked it as soon as it came out, but, you know, maybe it didn't get the recognition that it should have deserved or that it deserved. And, uh, you know, now it's like kind of a, a big thing among people. It's like a, like one of those, like, if you know, you know. It's a cult, it's a cult band. Yeah, it, it is. Though. <laughs> like when I feel like, like I've had a lot of conversations with people about that record. Um, so it kind of took on a life after the fact. Yeah. I, I think we were like, we were like sort of poised uh, on the brink of something larger. And I think we got steered in a weird direction by like bad management, probably some bad booking. And then uh, it was hard for us to make decisions because we didn't get along very well within the band. It was like, there was, it was five really like disparate personalities. Uh, and I was super young. I was like 23 years old. At, I was the gonna say, I thought, at the time I thought I knew everything, but I was like, you know, there was, there was <laughs> someone in the band who was nine years older than me. Peter was nine years older than me. And he was like, no, I'm calling the shots here, you know? And I was like, huh. And, uh, and it I lasted the best wishes. I can tell you. <laughs> that's Pete Hines. Peter oh, Pete Hines. Yeah. yeah Peter from Pete Helmet. Star player. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So there were two Pete's in the band, one Australian and one from Long Island. That's right. He was on, he was in Helmet up to meantime. Right. That's right. Yeah. Cause then they got, he got replaced by the Rob from straight ahead. Yeah. Um, so. And you remember Jeremy when you're uh, touring, when you guys were recording in Seattle, that was, like, I just remember you, it was a hard thing for you. I remember just. Yeah, it was weird. rough. We was worked rough. with Terry, Terry Date, who did like Soundgarden and Pantera, right? Yeah. That had to be wild the, being. The assistant was Ulrich Wild, who has gone on to do like all these crazy records. He's like done, I, I couldn't even name him, but they, they did like Pantera together and Deftones and Terry did like Fishbone and Soundgarden and a bunch of bands. And we recorded at Bad Animals in Seattle. It was a pretty, it was a cool, it was like a, it was a rad experience. It was a really, really good band, I thought. Um, but yeah, we just had a rough go of it. And at some point I just became sort of disillusioned with hanging out by myself or like, you know, the feeling that I thought that I was like, oh, everybody in this band is kind of a solo artist and it's not, you know. And, and I was young enough to think like, I don't need this. I can do something else. At the well, time, I, need I think, I, I feel like now I was like, oh, I, I probably could have stuck it out and we could have, you know, we were working on a second record at the time, but I was like, I think we came back from a tour and I got super 
standoffish with those dudes and i was like i'm not i'm not going into a studio or a rehearsal space with you guys again uh, um, that's a shame i would have loved to heard more but like you said you went on to something different so yeah. after handsome my girlfriend at the time who's my wife now um and blake schwarzenbach's girlfriend at the time they were roommates in brooklyn and i didn't know i was not a jawbreaker person in the least mm. um mm. but i knew them i knew that i knew of the band i didn't know anything about them really and we happened to go out we went out for burritos one afternoon and blake and i were just kind of like chatting and you know we had all kinds of music stuff in common and he's a, also a really sweet smart guy and and we were like maybe we should jam and then we started playing music with a drum machine and then it just like it took it basically we we stayed at it and did jets to brazil for like seven years yeah because then it comes full circle with the texas thing and you get chris daly uh on drums yeah it got um, even weirder after that like I, during during jets to brazil i started a band called cub country that was sort of it's sort of like country rock i was kind of like trying to get into this other singer songwriter thing which i still do cub country but um and I recruited like everyone I know from the from the like hardcore scene to play on Cub Country records. So like Theo Lunachicks played on the records, and like Chris Trainer, who was in Helmet and Orange Nine, played on the records, and um, Ian Love from Rival Schools, a bunch of people. Wasn't that uh, on Jade? The one was on Jade Tree. First right? record was on Jade Tree, yeah. Uh huh. And then, and then I eventually ended up joining Helmet, playing bass. And I played bass and helmet for about two and a half years. That's pretty awesome, though. I'm, yeah. I'm a big helmet fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was really, it was super fun. And then I ended up kind of moving around the country a bunch and moved back to Utah and had kids and bought a house. <laughs> I started working a regular. So then, job. Mark, when Insight was done, the, now you did a band called The Gimmicks, right? Yeah. On uh, Esther. Mm -hmm. That's right. Way scene and everything then yeah yeah well you know this is when I started getting more into like after uh, Insight when I moved to Huntington I just uh, had to get out of the hardcore thing because I tried I tried playing with a couple bands in Huntington and just wasn't Insight I mean I couldn't there's no way I could ever replace that just the feeling just wasn't the same. And I'm, like, most of it was so generic, especially at that time. It was, was it Orange uh, County hardcore bands that you started playing with around here? Yeah. I mean, I could say one of them, but I won't. It's fine. <laughs> oh, come it's on. Fine. We, can, we can bleep it out. No, no it's, well, it was, it, was, it was outspoken. And, I, and oh. I love Mike. You know, Mike's a great guy and stuff. It was just, um, it just wasn't, it wasn't my cup of tea. So, um, I, it just wasn't inside. Just I couldn't feel it, you know. Just like inside had special musicians, Bond, all that stuff, and like it just wasn't there. So I just started getting out of hardcore uh, quickly and started getting more into the indie shoegaze thing. Grow, I started growing my hair out. People were freaked out about that in Huntington. Like, what the hell? What's going on? You know, like weird stuff. But I tried playing in some weird grunge band in, in Orange County. It was weird. It was awful. But, um, and then I think I moved back to Salt Lake 
and so I hadn't, I didn't do a band for a long time until I moved to Seattle and that's where I started the gimmicks in Seattle. I was gonna say that's so. like almost 10 years after, cause I think I see the records for, there was a record 98 and 2000. Yeah. I mean, great, I moved, great, great records. Yeah. Thank you. They're all right. Um, I, yeah, I lived in San Francisco a bit. I tried starting band there, but San Francisco is so weird to start a band in. It's just like everyone's a transplant and everyone leaves like really quick. It was hard. So it wasn't until I got to Seattle, I just started playing music seriously again, whatever that means, you know? So, but, uh, and then, uh, move after Seattle, moved to LA and, uh, started, uh, I guess I probably just started Leaf that turned into Split Moon. I had Shake really City, into Shake the City was right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, I always loved that when the stuff came out in the late 80s and all that stuff. So I just felt like it was time to start doing it as a band. So were you listening to that, like, even in the Insight van, like, playing, like, My Bloody Valentine isn't uh, anything? Or... I think I think Andy, our friend Andy Sabar and I, I think him and I were starting to listen to, like, Swerve Driver. Swerve Driver, yeah. In the, yeah, I mean, I was always into Dinosaur Jr. and Sonic Youth anyway, so I just think it was a natural progression just to, like, really like those bands. That's cool, yeah. And, I mean, we'll give a bit of both. Split Moon has a new, fairly new LP out, right? Um yeah, well, it was recorded a while ago, but yeah, it took a, it took a while because basically, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I have this power, but I uh, while recording the whole band broke up, so I, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good so, power to have, dude. Yeah, so the whole band left, and I I so said I finished it basically myself with uh, all that, <laughs> so it took a little bit. Uh, and it sucked too because once it got uh, released, uh, this whole Corona thing came, the pandemic. So it's like, you know. I know it's just bad. To, it was bad. To, like I think I read your the LP came out um, like February twenty eighth, and then of course we know what happened like two weeks later. Um, yeah. But I know that I've done a few things for a Big Takeover magazine, and like uh, Jack, uh, Jack Rabbit loves you guys. Yeah. Um, well, he he loves Insight too, I guess. Like he's a real. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a he's fan a, of Insight. So yeah, he's got a, an eclectic taste. So, um, mm. you know, super cool guy. I had the pleasure of meeting him, and uh, so I'll give him a bit of bow to Jack Rabbit. Uh, yeah, legendary yeah. dude. Um, so, Insight, two thousand thirteen. How the <laughs> heck does a band that started with kids in high school and stops in 1990 and everybody goes on to, you know, people have played in all kinds of bands and, you know, signed to major labels and done this. And like you said, got married, bought houses. How in 2013 does this band just get back together? Well, I did, what, did, uh, did you come out? Was it, I don't know if, was it, did I see you with um, when you were with Helmet? Did we talk about it then a little bit, Jeremy, or was it after that you maybe you came out with the school thing? 
I think we, I think we had like, um, we had like brought it up in a joking way. Mark and I have always kept in touch. So yeah. whenever I was on tour and went through the cities he was in, I, I hung out with him and like, whenever he would come through the cities I was in, we would hang out. Um, uh, and then, you know, my, the other dudes are like, they're solid guys. I've never, mm. we've always been friends. Um, and I think that we, we brought it up a few times and in, in like a, that would be a, that would be an interesting, funny thing to do. Mm. And then at some point, was it, was it when, um, Skurv passed away or was it before that? No, it was before it was, uh, yeah, I think, I think we just brought it up in talking. I think we probably called each other on the phone and just, like you said, just brought it up and said, hmm. And then I think we reached out to Stormy and she said, yeah, well, you know, to get you this and that and kind of, I think I helped roll the ball, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did it. We, and then we started, the dudes who were in Salt Lake, um, which at the time was just me, James, and Chubb, our drummer, we started rehearsing and putting the set together, you know, and got like 12 songs cooking again. And, and we were kind of like looking through all of our old tapes, trying to figure out like how we could round out the set with other songs. Cause we only had, you know, eight songs or whatever that we, that we could remember. Uh, <laughs> and then Doug, Doug made it out. He was like, that was sketchy. He was oh, like top surfing in Florida or something. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, he came out for the shows, which was great. And then Mark came out. We had a couple of rehearsals and played two shows over a weekend here in Salt Lake, like one all ages and then one at a at a club. And um, it was really fun. So did you think that that was going to be it? Or did you know that eventually you were going to be doing this collection of, of everything with their new recordings and all? We didn't know anything about any of that. I think it was, I think it was just for the, like the, I think it was just for like the joy of seeing each other again and playing songs again. And like, mm-hmm. and like the, the show brought out all these old heads. I was like, Oh my God, you know, I saw all these people I hadn't seen in a hundred years and it was awesome. And you know, yeah. at, at that point, I think we were like, that was cool. That was interesting. For me, it was just uh, being able to see all the guys, you know, just really put something spiritual in me for just like oh i'm gonna i want to keep doing it just because it's the only way i could see these guys really you know what i mean and it means everything to me to have these guys still in my life for what 30 plus years so it's pretty remarkable you know so yeah i love that and you know with i feel like a lot of times especially in hardcore even though a lot of bands reunite there's always sort of that stigma and there's that contingent of people that are like, why is this band reuniting? Oh, it's a cash grab and blah, blah, blah. And what I don't think they realize and what's something that I see with insight that maybe I don't see with other bands. And I I think that this is what attracted me so much to insight and the, and the reunion is that for someone who's played in a couple bands and you have that one band and I, I, you know, the band I talked about the tour, One Up, same thing. We were young guys. Uh, we were, you know, straight edge band trying to sound like, you know, all the rev bands at the time. But the chemistry that we had, both just musically and as people, like Jeremy, when you mentioned not sleeping at people's houses from laughing, 
I got like goosebumps because it took me back to being on tour and just like laying in sleeping bags and pissing each other off by just laughing. And, and I didn't have, not that I, I had other bands that were really fun and, but nothing like that. So yeah. like, like we still have a group chat, like we haven't played in years, but we have a group chat where we still talk every day, you know, in a, in a text cool. message. And I think a lot of people that maybe didn't do bands, they don't understand that, that it's, it's not about making a, a quick buck or something. It's literally just the easiest, most fun way to see these people that are a huge part of your life back then and are still a part of your life now. And I think mm. that that really comes through with insight and, you know, reading the liner notes and in, in the new collection uh, reflection, like Jeremy, what you said, it was like, you nailed it. Like I got, like, I got a little like choked up reading your, your notes because I said <laughs> it, it made me think of like, that's hardcore. Oh yeah. 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 I think for years after that, I had, I had, I don't, I, I guess you could, it could either be, you could, you could consider it a good thing or damage from insight, but I was like striving. I thought that when you're in a band, it was supposed to always feel like that. Yes. You're always supposed to be friends. And then when I got into other bands where we weren't necessarily friends, but we were kind of like, we were musical friends or we were just musical partners. It felt different. And it took years for me to get used to like, Oh, these people are like, they're just people I play in a band with. And we, we make this thing together, which I also think is powerful. And Absolutely. Then, and then when, we, when we're not making that thing together, it's okay that we're not, it's okay. I'll see them. Like you're not week. hanging out after tour. Yeah, like no. We would hang out after tour. Yeah. You know, we would like get together and still, you know, then we'd, okay, let's practice. And, and I loved what you wrote in the, um, in the liner notes uh, about writing Silent Shore and chasing that feeling because i think anyone who's been to band javier you know any of our bands when you write that one song you're like this song fucking rips and you <laughs> yeah. keep playing it and yeah. i you know i said it, it it took me back in a way that really no other band of recent times reunited or not did like your story just reminds me so much of you know where you're kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time you know you never really break to that level maybe of the other bands around the time like you said like you know sadly like more people know judge and youth of today but i mean this record is great and the new songs are great like i think the only other band that re-recorded old unreleased stuff and pulled off was instead did it yeah. for the photography mm -hmm. and your guys stuff it didn't miss a beat like it just sounds like insight like i remember uh, texting tim mcmahon i was like what do you think of this he's like it's Sounds like insight, and that's the best thing you could hope for. That's cool. I, I know we were curious about that too. We were like, when we got mm -hmm. back together to play, we were like, oh, it's heavy. Everybody can like play their instruments better, and and you know, Mark's still like, he's a, he's a screamer. He's got it, and like, uh, but I think we were conscientious not to. I didn't want to add any weird flares. Hardcore is, is hardcore. And I think the reason I fell in love with it, you know, like the, the first four records, I, I remember having a sleepover with this buddy of mine who, uh, who was like, hey, there's this thing called punk rock. And I was like, what? And he brought over the Angry Samoans back from Samoa record, Government Issue, Give Us Stab or Give Us Death, Agnostic Front, Victim in Pain. 
and like the Sex Pistols, never mind the Bullocks. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> and then I was like, you know, I, I think when we got back together, I think it was, we, we made a very concerted effort to be like, we don't, there, there doesn't have to be anything fancy about this. This is hardcore and that's like what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to walk yeah. into a room and be able to pick up the guitars and just like <sighs> hit it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't need to find yeah. a synth sound. I don't need to do any of that stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it, it's yeah. it's it's awesome. And you know, I, part of me is like, I, I would love for you guys to write more songs, but then part of it is like, can you do that now? Like, I don't know. Can we? Know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, knowing what you know. I mean, Mark, you wrote an entire album. Your, you know, yourself with the Split Moon. Like, can you go back to just like playing that kind of like writing that? I don't know if it's is it possible? I don't know. But if anyone could do it, I'd like uh, to see you guys try, try it, right? But I think I think it could. I mean, I I mean, I think these guys are so good at what they do. I mean, I think they could even. And you guys even know hardcore. Just, yeah, I mean, I don't know that we probably aren't listening to it like we were back when we were young. You know, we just you know, I don't know that I'm going through. I love. I still collect it. I still have it but it's just like I don't, I don't know if i'm throwing it on every day but i do find myself of lately because of the record coming out and stuff i'm listening to more of it for whatever reason so you know i always said what's the point in being in a band if you won't listen to your own band like you got to be proud of it you got to be into it like why would you create something and then just fucking throw it away you know yeah. uh i listen yeah. i played on a lot of records and everything that i played on like i'm proud of in in some way and i can remember things about it like i hear you guys talking about like we did this and we recorded this and we went here it's it's a snapshot you know it's it's like a yearbook all this stuff is you mm -hmm. are lucky enough to have a yearbook and now with the re-release getting together all of these old photos and old recordings and new stuff like it's it's kind of like um a completest dream a but then b it's like a place for you to keep all of your stuff together and i think that's awesome but how did you how did it come to be out on mission two like what what was the idea for like hey we got all this stuff let's do a reunion let's do all this and, and we got these new songs and we're gonna go back to our roots of our seven inch and put it out on the same label but you know again with yeah. the, the first seven inch and then it's got a different name and then the first label and now it's got a different yeah. name <laughs> right right that's, that's, which is pretty ironic in that yeah. sense too it's funny um well we i think uh just doing the shows that we did have been doing um i think i just asked the guys i mean i talked to jeremy about what if we did uh you know four new songs which we're, we had already talked about um and try and shop it around and uh i think uh, i was i don't remember everybody i talked to but i was one of the labels that was going to put it out was redemption uh i don't know if you guys know that redemption records ryan uh i think cooper I don't know if I'm saying his uh, last name right, but he was going to put it out and sadly he passed away. So that was kind of a, a bummer. And then, um, so I don't even know how it came about that. I was talking to a label, the, what's the label? Uh, uh, 
uh, overseas. Uh, sorry. Oh, bit of bow to my friend Dharma Vidas and Ellen from Dave. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's super awesome. He's wonderful. And, um, but he wanted to, uh, he kind of wanted to put it out as like a greatest, greatest hits or something like that. But he, and he was trying really hard, but in that I did, you know, none of us had the masters, you know, I just couldn't. And I, in order to get that, I had to reach out to victory. So I just knew I was like, Oh boy, I got to like get in contact with victory and like be in the state that victory was in just like, there was no way I'm going to, I'm going to get a generic letter. It's just going to say, thanks for your info or, you know, your inquire, but you know, screw you you know what i mean like <laughs> you know like who are you who's this insight you know what i mean like you know what i, I don't know but it just I felt that but all of a sudden i get uh, a letter for or a email from tony and i'm like what he's like dude call me so i i called him like hey i got a question to ask you do you have the masters you know would, would this label wants to put out a uh wants to put us out or he, he, he wants to do something you know i can't really remember exactly the talk but then tony was like what whoa 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 stop let's just do it you know we'll we'll make this awesome all this shit and i'm like really and like well let me get back to you because i was like this is nuts you know like why would they even want anything to do with us really you know but uh so i talked to I talked to Jeremy and the rest of the guys, and then I just we're a little hesitant about it, you know. So, At the end of the day, though, it makes it makes sense to be there, like you know, um, and at, and they also did a good job of getting it out there. I mean, it's it's out there. There's all this cool merch that you might not I mean. You know, there's. Oh, I was I was freaking the fuck out about all the colors of vinyl when I got it. I was like, "What?" Yeah, like it's so that they they did it. Now, was it originally supposed to be Victory, and then this whole thing happened? With yeah. Two, because I know that's what happened with Chromags and Don't Sleep had announced right. that they were, um, you know, on Victory, and then it moved over to the Mission Two. Yeah, I which think we was kind of freaking yeah. out. We were the next one, and then they, they were like, don't say anything. There's something happening. And, and of course, we, you know, within the insight circle, we were like, great. There goes the rest. <laughs> I was just going to say, it sounds like part of the, uh, part of the, part of the deal with insight. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you're like, yeah. great, we, we broke the label. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And, uh, but it's kind of cool. It's a fresh, fresh start. And, I mean, the first three releases on there are, like, you know, hardcore. Um so I'm curious what they'll do next. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I know what they did next, but maybe I'm curious yes. what they'll do next, next. Um, well, like, I, yeah. I, I know, I, I do know a couple of things and it's, 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 it's good. There's some, I think it's good. It's going in a good direction. And so, yeah, I mean, and one thing that's cool is like they, you know, that I said with victory as well, they tend to keep their stuff in print. So now kids, you know, years down the line, will be able to get, you know, an insight record without paying through the nose and be able to get merch 
because uh, they tend to also, I think they print their own merch. So they, yeah, they still have the victory uh, merch thing going. So, which is cool. It's basically, I mean, it's basically victory. It's just not the name. So, yeah. you know, yeah. And it's really cool. I mean, the guys there are super awesome. I can't say enough about everyone that works there. Are super cool. Yeah, bit of been... Clint Billington. Yeah, yeah. Javier knows Clint. Yeah. Um, and I think it's cool uh, yeah. that he kept the staff. You know, that's what I saw. He, um, you know, changed over the label, kept the staff. And his first release is a Cro-Mags record. I was like, yeah. what planet are we living on? Like, <laughs> I got so used to Victory having, like, Dead something, you know. I was gonna say dead man's, <laughs> dead man's pop. I was thinking of the replacements. Um, yeah. good, record. good record. Oh yeah, I, my other podcast. Yeah, I'll bit of bow my own other. Po- I have a podcast called Something to Do, where we just talk about Husker Do and the replacements. That's really? Awesome. Yeah. So, if, so if anyone's yeah. listening, or if you're a fan, we'll have you on, and you can geek out. We uh we just had oh, cool. Tav, you can cut this part out if you want, but uh, no way. <laughs> we, <laughs> leave it all. We, we yeah. had um we just yeah. had Bob Bob Mayer on who wrote Trouble Boys oh, yeah. biography, and that yeah. was a really cool interview. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So, but I was thinking, you know, they had all these like, you know, the goth core. I mean, they. Hey, we may not be into it, but he sold a lot of records. He did. Yeah. So at the end of the day, yeah. like who's you know, I had a science teacher in high school. He'd say they're laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember. I remember being out um, years later when I was like, it's probably when I was playing in in Jets to Brazil or Helmet or something, and I was in L.A. with my wife for her grandmother's funeral, and we were like driving down Sunset Boulevard. And there was like a Victory Records wrapped van. And I was like, what the hell? Like just a promotional van driving around. I was like, holy shit. I feel like if that was me and I'd say to my wife, like, my old band, we were on that label. And she'd be like, first, great, first honey. four seven inches. <laughs> yeah. She'd be like, that's great, honey. Uh, here, we have to go here. Like, yeah. <laughs> you'd be thinking yeah. it's like this great thing. So um, one of the things that we also do on this uh, podcast is uh we ask for your hot track hot which I'm track. Sure you heard. so i will <laughs> say for this since we're talking about the reflection you can pick any any track on on this uh discography as your hot track so okay. we'll start with uh, i guess jeremy you're on my screen so we'll start with you first okay it's hard to pick one for me mm-hmm. um i'm gonna mm-hmm. say my hot track is Take It Back, um, which is one of the new old songs. Um, I like that one. I'm gonna, can I do like a second place? Yeah. <laughs> Silent Shore. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's so good choice. those are good choices because those are on my top too. Um, yeah, so I'll pick two, well, I'll pick. I, I, and I love Strength, the new one off of that, since uh, we're going with that and probably End of Cruelty, just because it just says, I think that's what I like about the new songs, because they just, with the lyrics, they just say so much of what's happening. They can't really say enough of take the shit down. You got to. So no, I, songs, that's what I like, too, that, you, that the lyrics are very 
topical for what's going on now, even though it's, yeah. even though they were old songs. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I was going to say my, my hot track would be end the cruelty. Um, just cause I love a good animal rights song. Um, mm-hmm. And like we said, I think that's one that's like kind of a lasting part of insights legacy is having this, you know, iconic, a vegetarian song and then of course if i had to pick another i'd say silent shore just because it's one of those what could have been um but it's tough for me to pick too because take it back is awesome like when i heard take it back when they put up that youtube clip with like the lyrics and stuff i was like oh man i can't wait to get my hands on this (laughs) yeah i feel like you can't read about insight online these days without someone mentioning silent shore it's definitely was, I mean, like I said before, is my first exposure sonically through the um, the seven inch comp, and but I also I really like the video for Take It Back. I think it's a really good song. It doesn't sound forced, like it's a cool song, and the video's fucking cool, and it's very like indicative of what's going on in the world right now, and that's so important it's not just a bunch of fucking old out of touch dudes who are like oh we're gonna make a record again it's like we still got this fire we still hate what's going on in the world and we're gonna say something about it and that's like such a beautiful thing about hardcore and i'm so glad that even though you all went on to do other bands not in hardcore like you still kept that you still kept that feeling and you were able to you know come back to it even if you didn't live it all day every day like you know some people like porcel like i that dude is a fucking hardcore kid like day in day out he's yogi but he's also like he's just still lives hardcore all the time but mm-hmm. you don't have to keep that suit on and you don't have to wear that you could still do other things and i just think it's really cool that y'all were able to come back and and take it back yeah, and I agree. Yeah. That was another thing with me that I think attracted me to Insight is I like all kinds of music. You know, I, I have wanted to play like all different kinds of music. Um, <laughs> uh, my teenager sassing me. Uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. And still, at the end of the day, can come back to hardcore and, and you know, have that same feeling that I had when I was the age of the person yeah. here giving me a hard time on the on my- on my right. So um, yeah. I'm thankful things- that we still have that we're still playing, you know, because I, it's good to get out the aggression through. Yeah, through well, I hope to hear so. more from more from Insight. I, I would love to there's, hear. I mean, you know, there's a chance we've talked about we've talked about what we're what our next move is. So I, I and now would be a good time, I think, too, like with uh, the way the world is, could use some nice aggressive you know, politically, socially conscious lyrics, um, you know, so uh, Mm. one of the things too, we wanted to ask, so, you know, this is like one of our uh, bit, we call them bit up bonus episodes. uh, And we're going to ask people what their favorite release on revelation is. So do you, do you have an answer for that? (laughs) God, everything, everything you're asking, I'm like, I could do like five. I could do like Mm -hmm. five records. Um, this is hard. Mark, do you want to go first? Well, I was saying, I mean, to me, probably the Sick of It All 7-inch. I mean, I fuck, I, that, when that came out, that was just amazing. And that was one of the 
you know, set me on that. I think probably we had already had the war zone and everything, but I think just having that, um, that's one of my faves on there. I mean, uh, the judge bringing it down, sick, you know. But I think that's sick of it all, seven. It's just set, set it for me, you know. That's a cool choice. Respect. Yeah, I love those guys, so, you know. And definitely an influence for, you know, uh, you know, us or me for anyway. And then how about you, Jeremy? Right. Do you think you can answer? This is really hard. I'm thinking about, <laughs> I've been listening to your podcast all week, the episodes, and I'm like, there's a lot of things you guys talk about that, that sometimes I have the answer to that I'm like, I know that. Because yeah. I was like, <laughs> you know, I had like, I bought the Warzone 7-inch, I had together, yeah. I'm like, or a yellow yeah. vinyl or orange vinyl or whatever. And I got the sick of it all seven inch on red splatter vinyl. And, and um, I had like the judge schism record when it came out and just, mm -hmm. you know, I was a mail order weirdo and all this stuff, but I would say that together comp like introduced me to rev and got me like stoked on, on yeah. collecting their releases. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, later on I had like, like into another Ignorus was like, it was like yeah. a heartbreaker for me. Javier's stoked right now. Yeah. I mean, I, lo I love that record too. Yeah, those yeah, dudes yeah. are like, so they're rad. And that yeah. song, um, Laughing at Oblivion, was, and I used to try and get them to play it every night. And they would say, no, nah, we don't want to play that one. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, and they, I hope to have them on, uh, you know, talk to, I would love to talk to Richie and Drew. Oh, yeah. yeah they're yeah, rad yeah. dudes. Get they're to that. rad yeah. dudes. Yeah. We were all like, I think, we were, you know, they're like, they're David Bowie freaks. And I was like a David Bowie freak. And that record kind of reminds me of it. Like, I think a lot of his songs are like, they're sort of, um, you know, letters to David Bowie. Yeah. I mean, that's, I a, that's a top tier record for sure. I didn't get it at first. The first time I heard Ignorus, I was like, oh, what is this? And then, you know, within a week, I was like, yes, this is this is it. This is yeah. it's yeah. emo, dude. It's totally yeah. yeah. It, Richie that's, is that's and Drew love. Drew's drumming is fantastic. Yeah, Richie's yeah. voice. There was they did that Omens record, which they're another one that they went back. It was like they never left. They yeah. did that Omens, and there's a point where in the first track, Richie hits this note, and I honestly heard it the first time, and I started laughing, like it was the weirdest reaction. But I was like, he fucking did it still. Yeah. I was like, he still. He's, I was like, I was like, he still hits the notes like all this time later, and I was just, I, I laughed because I was just like, this is so good, yeah. and that was the reaction. So that's a good choice too. So I guess my final question to wrap up, <clears throat> pardon me, is, um, Mark, did you ever get the microphone back that you were looking for? <laughs> the, uh, the live set at the end of the <laughs> reflection. Never. <laughs> nope, never saw that microphone. Some, somebody yeah. had it or they sold it on eBay for a lot of money. I don't know. Never saw it again. That's a bummer. <laughs> I yeah. heard that. I was like, yeah. That was a funny chaotic, was a chaotic yeah. few days right there. Our van broke down. Yeah. We were like, we were not liking each other very much. We had played this backyard show on his half pipe in New Jersey, and someone stole Mark's mic. And so he, we were just playing instrumental and Mark was like pacing around the yard. <laughs> yeah. And, and sorry like, about that. <laughs> hot as shit. And we had to rent a U-Haul to drive back to Utah with chain of strength. And all of us were in the back of the U-Haul and we would pull the thing down at night. So it was just pitch black. 
driving. It was sketchy. Uh, gnarly. Yeah. yeah. And we were stealing gas. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you guys seriously yeah, so much. Man, this is awesome. Um, and we really appreciate it. And like we said, we'll let you know, um, you know, when it, when we're, it's going to go up, when we're going to launch the uh, Patreon, you can, you know, shout it out or whatever, but we can oh. also have, I think we can also send you like the file if you want to yeah, yeah, yeah. send it to friends and stuff. They don't have to. Yeah. We'll it. send you a Google drive link for oh. it. To listen to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I say one thing? If yes. Jordan, it's George, does Jordan listen to this podcast? I will. I'll, I'll tell Adam to tell Jordan that you said uh, you have just, a message for him. Well, we just, you know, we, we never understood why we were never on ref. That's all. I <laughs> 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 you know, is that, that's the, you know, I think that was our main, I think that was one of the goals that we wish that, you know, we always wanted to be on rev. Cause that's, yeah. you know, like we were talking, that's, a lot of bands we were set on those so anyway well, jordan maybe if you do I, something new wanted. yeah there's always 2021 <laughs> right, right. I'm kidding, watch. hey when you guys get yeah. around to those iceburn records let me know you have my information yes. yeah yeah no if you want i can get a hold of gentry for you because he's your guy that's yeah, what I, I was told i have I've been in contact with Greg Anderson. I actually went to Rev and did an in-person interview with Greg and um, Jade. Yeah, I interviewed them in person there. And, um, you know, I'll definitely, we could even do bonus episodes where we talk to, you know, friends of Iceburn about Iceburn and get- I've had a lot of people talking to me about Iceburn. Like, yeah. like cool. um, I had, you know, uh, like Chris Wyatt was the one uh -huh. that was telling me bit about it. It's Chris. a mystery. Yeah, he was like he yeah. loves loves Iceburn. He was and he was the one that told me you got to talk to uh, Gentry. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh yeah, you got to have Gentry for sure. He's awesome. Yeah. He's 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 like he's a member of Insight too, as far as mm. I'm concerned. Oh yeah, so. he's been in the band at different yeah. times, and yeah. Yeah, he's, awesome. he's yeah. So family, we'll definitely so. we'll definitely be in touch and. All right, guys. Thanks so Please. much for joining us. We'll right, definitely man. be thanks talking you to you in the future. Friends of yeah, the we'll pod be, from yeah. now on. Yeah, you guys are officially right, known as friends of the pod. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. Oh, sweet. Awesome. All right, Jeremy, thanks, Mark. You see you guys later. Right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Right, see you. Peace. Uh, can we have everyone move up? Enjoy the show. Don't sit on your bums. All right, this first song, I, I just want to say something. Whoever was at uh, Scott's house last weekend and took my mic, I'd appreciate it if I could get it back. Because I know someone took it. I'll give you a shirt, record, money, whatever you fucking want. I just want the mic back. If you don't want to give it back, fuck you. Um, All right, everybody. Um, I'm going to take this one half. Yeah, take it. <laughs> you know, I just want to get out of the way. And I, I know that I'll get, well, maybe not too much shit from this because it's a bonus episode, so not a lot of people are going to hear it. I didn't listen to Insight growing up. My exposures to Insight were on the comps, right? The um, Only the Strong and uh, is it Voice of Thousands? I think. And I didn't, I just didn't buy the Insight 7-inch growing up. So when I saw that, the new video for the new song 
take it back. Dude, I was like, what? This is sick. And so that, that forced me to go back and revisit the catalog. So I am a newly converted fan, thanks to that discography. And I actually think that's really cool because not to toot my own horn, but that just proves that I am not so dusty that I can't rediscover an old record and give it a, a new appreciation. And maybe because I'm older now and I'm have, you know, the mental capacity to try new things or to critically take in new things, but uh, I am now an Insight fan and didn't grow up an Insight fan. Well, I'm going to drop a bomb. Hear it. Same yeah. thing for me. Yeah. I, I heard Insight. So when, when Mission 2 first announced, um, you know, I knew, okay, Chromags. That was like the first thing because Chromags had been signed to Victory last year. They put out like two seven inches from this recording session and then um, you know, victory sold, moved over to mission two and they announced, um, Chromags and then they announced insight. And I went insight. Um, as I think we discussed in the interview, like we said, it's, it's been a, a bit since we recorded it. Um, I'm a huge fan of, uh, Jeremy's previous band, handsome, um, and jets to Brazil. So, so I kind um, before you get too far on that, I actually was scolded by Carlos Ramirez from No Echo because I said that I wasn't a huge Handsome fan. I actually, kind of the same thing, like I didn't listen to Handsome, but I am a huge Jets to Brazil fan. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're fucking, you know, they were, I saw their first show, like I think I mentioned to Jeremy, they yeah. played, their first show was in Philly on my 17th birthday. Um, and, you know, being that it was members of Handsome, uh, Jawbreaker, Texas is the Reason, and in the first couple of shows, Lifetime, because uh, Pete from Lifetime played guitar, that checked all the boxes for me. So I knew Insight as, oh, dude from, you know, Jets of Brazil and Handsome had a mm -hmm. hardcore band on Victory. Cool, whatever. And right. I knew bit about a Dave Janis, uh, an old friend of mine. I knew he was a super fan. Oh, yeah. So when they announced this discography... I went, ah, I should, let me, let me give it a shot. That's kind of weird. They're doing new stuff. Like, you know, at first I was like, wait, is it the same inside? Like I was like, cause it just seemed so weird. Cause it's not a band you really hear about a lot. So I thought maybe there's a different, and I'm like, no, they were on victory. So I went back and on Spotify, they have that, the victory, like seven inch collection. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. I love it immediately resonated with me. It has sort of that judge feel, but they have their own thing going. It's, it's a little more almost to me. Like if I had to describe it to somebody that hasn't listened to them, it's almost as if judge did something in between the first seven inch and the LP. Like it's like, but not Chung King. Like it's, but it's that it's cause it's a little more, it's more, more raw than like bringing it down. Mm -hmm. um, and they have, you know, and they're great players, you know, good both guitar player, drummer, um, you know, Mark's got a good hardcore voice. Actually, Mark has a good voice. He has a band called Split Moon, a, a shoegaze band that's, that I've also since discovered and really like that have a record out this year. But I guess my point is, is when I started reading about Insight, I could totally 
see that these are just dudes that came up at the same time in hardcore. They're still friends today. They love hardcore. They like all kinds of music, just like me, but they love hardcore. And their whole trajectory reminded me so much of the band I've been in. I've been in a couple bands, but a band I was in called One Up uh, that's the most dear to my heart just because it was the longest you know, chunk of my life. And I spent so much time because we actually toured. And it just, they really reminded me of like the same kind of thing where they never got to that next level. They're kind of like not as known as they should be. Not saying that I think more people should know one up, but at the time I remember being like, yo, why can't we like get to that next spot? So I think it's cool. They're kind of getting their chance now to do that. And the interview was just inspiring. I see a parallel between, in that respect, between insight and brotherhood. And it could be yes. ge- geographic. And because it was late 80s, early 90s, and they just didn't tour as much. I think both bands said that they toured, what, once? I know that. Something brother- like that. Like Brotherhood yeah. went out with The Accused. Yeah. And, you know, Insight did the tour with Chain. I think Insight yeah. did the tour with Chain in 89. And then they did another tour in 90. Um, and then things kind of fell apart when they got home, uh, you know, after that. But- so it, imagine that Insight had had, uh, had been together longer and had the benefit maybe of the internet or, uh, you know, even in the mid nineties with some of the publications, imagine if they were on victory in 95 at the same time that like strife Snapcase, earth crisis was, I think that they could have been at that level for sure. I agree. And I think that, I think that, um, this collection, which, you know, I'll talk about again, you know, in another episode too, but it's, it's definitely worth your while to get if you're into 80s and early 90s hardcore. I also see the I see the Insight Seven Inch as something that is gatekeeped a little bit. Like people would it be gatekeeped or gatekept? I don't know. Well, did you know that sneaked is the proper way to see it, not snuck? Oh, so maybe so, so gatekeeped. I see it the Insight Seven Inch as something where someone's like, "This is." mine and not everybody knows about this and i'm kind of in the cool club because i love this and you know one of the things that's i think silent shore gets talked about more than anything maybe because of the only the strong but people reference the whispers and people reference the slap bass and so there's like cool things about these songs that also make it not just like yeah cookie cutter you know it's not youth crew it's not it's just they remind me a little bit in in spirit of turning point yeah totally totally. keep in mind that turning point when i got into hardcore were not as heralded as they are now Mm. um and the reason they're so heralded is because jade tree did that discography which kind of brought them up so hopefully this does the same thing for insight and you know, as they talked about, they're they're looking to get out there and play, and I would love to see them be up front, um, singing along. So, Jason, you can be honest here. Insight, what's what's your what's your insights? Give us some. Give us your insight, insight. on insight. 
if you choose. I think we, we, we have him silent because uh, we, we left him speechless here. He, my description of insight and your description has just left this man. Jason, you're on, <laughs> Jason, Jason, you're on mute right now. Yeah, yeah, you're on mute. I was trying to like play it cool and be like. Yeah, no, I'll edit that yeah. shit out. Thank you. <laughs> okay, let's start Fresh. again then. Hold yes. on, Greg, ask it again. Uh, just Jason so, too. So, Hav, you talked about it. I talked about it. But you know who hasn't given their insight, insight yet? Boom. Is uh, Jason. Uh, I don't know too knowledge. much about inside. I don't know too much about them. I know the seven inches out there. What I do know about them is um, I'm on a group chat with some people. And when the new release dropped on the uh, chat, they were like, have you heard this inside? It's new but it doesn't suck. The songs are really good. You should check it out. And so yeah. I went and I listened to it. I liked it. I'm interested to hear more about their touring and hear the interview. Um, I love Jets to Brazil. I think that's awesome. I actually didn't know that before you just dropped that on me. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't know it, that. Uh, Jeremy, um, Jeremy played bass in Jets to Brazil. Okay. So he did bass and backups, and then he sang for Handsome. So he was playing bass, Orange Rhyming Dictionary whole time He's, okay he, that's he, awesome he, he was in it the whole time um and you know dudes like us me you javier that like all kinds of music i uh -huh. just think it's super cool that like here's this guy that played in i mean jets to brazil are like i just think that band was fantastic yeah agreed and to, to be like oh he was in an old hardcore band mm -hmm. and a lot of sometimes people like that they like sort of shrug off their past and it yeah. can be sort of disheartening like ah you know i was i was doing that when i was a kid and the fact that like they're still friends and when you hear the interview and you hear jeremy talk about like i've always kept in touch with mark um it's inspiring yeah it's, it's awesome. not like they had to reconnect and be like hey man we're getting the band back together it, it wasn't it wasn't dusty yeah and that yeah. comes through and i'm trying to think of bands that came back and made good records and i, I don't i don't want to disparage anyone i think that burn accomplished it i think that do or die is a fucking sick record i do too i mean and, I've, I've gone on record we got to do we'll have to do bit of bonus around the time of burn of yeah, the non-rev stuff cleanse and uh do or yeah. die and then they had like two other seven inches too right yeah, I agree though about burn, and I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think like lifetime, uh, dude. Yeah. Lifetime, the seven inch and self titled, I think are better than anything on New Age, or well, they're definitely better than anything on New Age. But I, I like Hello Bastards the best. But hey, these could all be a bit of bonus. Yeah, episodes yeah, yeah that's talk, true. Hey, I'll talk about Turning Point and Lifetime <laughs> oh, until, dude, until people yeah. have to turn it off because they're fucking bored of listening to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm trying to think, well, you know, as far as discographies go where maybe the band added stuff instead to uh, re-recorded some old unreleased songs for I their discography. Th weren't those just live? They're no. live. What? They 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 dubbed in like live. Uh, well, there's the there's beginning. live tracks at the beginning. There's live. No, tracks. I think the songs at the beginning they sampled a live clip like 
from Orange oh, County, California instead. For and then reason, it goes into a studio. I thought it was live. I don't know. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm just listening to what we believe if we're listening to instead. Well, if you like what we believe, you'll like the two, two or three new songs that they did on the... I, yeah, I got it on vinyl. I got it from my dude, Dave Mandel. So... You know, I hate to say it, but I can't see Dave Mandel ever hearing this, but that's, <laughs> that's a shame. Uh, but I, I think... I think he'd be a good, uh, I don't know, man. I, you know, I had an idea to do a YouTube channel at one point, and this is a little bit off track, but I wanted to get Mandel and Ito and talk about our top five favorite indecision releases. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, That's because bit of, bit of uh, permanent is on my top five. Thank you. And, uh, but you know what my number no. one is? Guess what my number one indecision is? See, I, I, I'm not going to answer because I saw on, on social media. Suicide file? No. Oh, okay. Nine Iron Spitfire. Oh. Huh. Do, we, do, we a... count, do, do we count discographies or no? Yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, then this, well, I mean, I can already tell you now, so we don't need a bit of bonus because I can say right off the top of my head, it would be 110 permanent. Thank There's you. two. <laughs> then instead, and then, and then the count me out song on the in, yeah. indecision well, one hundred. No, the uh, instead so. the instead discography. The um, uh, uh, number one, the best Orange County hardcore record of all time. Death by stereo. Death by stereo. Uh, kill. Yeah, that would be it. That like, record unbroken, is insane. The yeah, unbroken, the unbroken discography. discography That's right, unbroken. And then death by stereo. But I guess. Why don't we wrap this one up? Yeah, you know uh, what? Can I, real quick, since this is a bonus and we don't really have time limit, can I tell a quick uh, Jets Brazil story? Yeah, please. Okay, so grew up- It's on brand right now. Yeah, grew up huge Jawbreaker, or yeah, Jawbreaker fan, right? Mm -hmm. I love um, at least a couple of Jawbreaker records. That's a whole different subject. And then- I believe, what year did Orange Rhyming Dictionary come out? Like 95, 98. 96, 98? Okay, so. Yeah, I was a senior. So when that came out, it was like, yo, the singer of Jawbreaker has this new record. And we put it on, we got the CD, and I was like blown away. Like even just the opening track, it's mm -hmm. such a fucking good record. And there's so many like sad songs on that record and so many good like mixed mixtape songs on that yeah record. you know um sea anemone and chinatown oh dude and fuck man like just like gut-wrenching yeah. and i saw them once at the glass house and like blake played organ and it was just like it was a fucking such a good show you know and then um the song Empty Picture Frame is, I think, their, I don't want to say their best song, but that song, it's, fuck, man. It just is like, it, it talks, I feel like he's writing about my life in that song. And then uh, when I kind of started dating my wife, my now wife, we got wind of this secret show at a bar in Pomona, California called Characters. And uh, I also saw the banner there. Like, it was just a really weird kind of out in the middle of nothing bar. Someone, I think it was just kind of like a random girl, paid 
Blake to come out and play her birthday party. And he brought his electric guitar and played like Billy Bragg style, just him and an electric guitar. And he played this set that was like two forgetter songs. Uh, what was the other band that he did? Thorns of Life, the one that didn't yeah. record. Yeah, he did like a couple of those songs. So people were just like, eh, yeah, cool. And then he did two Jawbreaker songs and two Jets of Brazil songs. And I was just like, ah, like fucking so emotional about it. Did and you see Jets to Brazil? You said you did. Yeah, right? I did see them once. Okay. So, so to hear that set of like kind of a, a just a career spanning thing from Blake was like, I felt so special that I got to see that. I mean, there was like a hundred people there. Yeah, that's like awesome. A $15 show. It was so fucking weird. I feel fortunate that I guess because I'm on the East Coast and Jets to Brazil was uh, based out of like Brooklyn. I saw Jets to Brazil five or six times. Oh, that's um, awesome! Because I, you know, I saw that first show, and then they came. Their record, Orange Rhyming Dictionary, which for a while that was the one I liked most, and the other two I was kind of like, eh, they're cool. And the third one took a long time to grow. Now I love them all. I think they're yes. all fantastic. Yeah. They're mandatory own for anybody into just music. Crucial. Crucial. But the Orange Rhyming Dictionary came out on Jade Tree mm-hmm. uh, on the same day as Kid Dynamite's first album and the Promise Ring Tell Everyone We're Dead. Set. Or no, it was uh, Boys and Girls, I think was the name of the EP. And I got all those at once. And it was like, like that kind of sums up my music style because it sort of has a little bit of everything. But I saw Jets to Brazil play like the day after it came out on Halloween in um, Philly. Then they came, you know, in the spring a couple times. And I think the last time I saw them was in like 2000. But they were awesome. So like talking to Jeremy, I was a bit like starstruck just because I love Jets to Brazil. Um, and... I love Insight now. I can say that. I love Insight, love Handsome, and love Jeremy. What a cool guy. Like, he was super cool to talk to. And Mark, too. Love Mark, love Split Moon now. A lot of love just for me. I'm just full of love. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, so I'm on uh, the internet, and um, it looks Pardon. like the, the, uh, the, the show that I went to for Jess to Brazil was March 25th, 1999, which would have been just after my like 21st birthday or something crazy like that. And looking at these, some of the concerts that they played, November 13th, 98, Fugazi, The Promise Ring, Jets to Brazil, Compound Red at, uh, in Milwaukee. Mm, That sounds like a horrible show. Modest Mouse, Jets to Brazil, Modest Mouse, Promise Ring, Burning Airline, Jets to Brazil, Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. Is that the one that you you were at in Philly? I I saw them in Philly. It was Jets to Brazil, Jimmy Eat World, Promise Ring. Okay. And and I think maybe Burning Airlines. Yeah. Yeah. They Um, played a lot together. Yeah. Like, listen to this gig in 99. Jets to Brazil opening. Then guided by voices, and then cheap trick, 
<laughs> that's a great show what a gig what a yeah. gig <laughs> yeah like like jets to brazil man like i can't say enough thing especially when that orange rhyming dictionary came out it's mm-hmm. it's one of those records that reminds me so much of it, it takes me back like to a time and a place of being a senior in high school mm-hmm. october um and just like i can listen to it and just be absolutely transported back in time and uh it still holds up great lyrics listen insights crucial yeah crucial record yeah uh what's the other what's the word that you use essential essential i'm gonna say that this this anthology is essential if you like 80s hardcore and you like uh straight edge hardcore and you like bands that sing about actual topics um, plus just the packaging and whatnot, um, the liner notes, the photos, Listen, reflection is essential. Skip your fucking Starbucks for three days or whatever you have to do mm. and take that money and buy the fucking Insight 12 inch. Agreed. I, that, I'm, I'm suggesting that to all of our yeah. listeners and, and, and friends. Um, I think that it's a, you're, you're absolutely right. And I don't feel bad about not listening to it growing up because I can say I think, that I'm a fan now. I think I appreciate it more now than I would have if I just heard it with a slew of all the other bands that I got into at that time. Yeah, think of to- how much we were assaulted by, you know, like, ooh, should I buy this? What's on this thanks list? Yeah. Like, And you buy a bunch of seven inches and you're like, I'm never going to listen to the blind spot seven inch again or the process 12 inch or the fucking neck brace or whatever it is. Like there's so many records that you just, you buy it and then you end up selling it back or you find it in the dollar bin or whatever. So I think that it's okay to grow into an appreciation of some of these records. Yeah, I agree. And you know, the time is now like you have time to, you know, like we said, check out mission Two, check out, the Insight merch um, is awesome. You could you could technically wear an Insight suit, as Insight I would call suit it. Man. Mm-hmm. Insight they, suit, suit man. Yeah. They got a hat. They got hoodies, long sleeves, t-shirts, shorts. and shorts. Champion yeah. shorts. So get into it. I would also write them. I would write Insight on the side of the sole of my Converse All Stars. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yo, I I dated this girl in like ninth grade named Melissa. I don't remember her last name, but she sat next to me in Spanish and I looked on the sole of her shoe and she wrote Gorilla Biscuits, but somehow there was a Q in there. Like Gorilla Biscuits. Like Limp Bizquit. Something. Biscuits. And I was like, I looked at that and I looked at her and I think she was stoned at the time in Spanish class and I just knew she wasn't right for me. Shout out to Melissa. Yeah, bit of bow to <laughs> Melissa wherever you are. Oh yeah, bit of bow. All right. All right. Well, listen, thanks to all of our patrons for listening and uh bit of bow to insights for just for being awesome and doing this interview. And I guess we'll see you when we see you. Yeah. Peace. Bit of bow. Peace.